Happy holidays, all you monetized eyeballs out there, and welcome to Destroy All Clickbait, where we'll collectively put a stake in the shambling horror that was 2018, and hopefully take with it all the most nonsensical news and misleading hate reads for the, a pristine and sensible 2019. I'm Avi, and with me as always is Ing and Adam. And Hi, I'm everyone. Ing. Season's greetings, everyone. Indeed, and got all your shopping done. You know, put all your, put all the giblets under the Krampus bush. (laughs) I literally celebrate none of the holidays that are for this time of year. Once Diwali is over, that is it. (laughs) And I barely even celebrate that. I help my parents celebrate that. Is is Diwali sort of a big Hindu holiday, or is there That's, another bigger well, one? Well, so Navaratri is probably the biggest one, mostly because that happens uh-huh. multiple times throughout the year. But the one everybody knows oh, is okay. Diwali, because that's the one that's, like, right. super fanciful, because, like, everybody decorates their house and lights and all of that kind of stuff, and there's a bunch of rituals. Right. And then... If only we had something like that in our culture, where we decorated our lights. Yeah, well, like, our Christmas lights go up, like, around Halloween, and then they basically stay up, (laughs) so that our house doesn't look weird in the winter. Yeah, Just imagining your house having, like, the bridge to an enterprise there, and just someone going, activate cloaking, and just the Christmas lights go up. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. Everyone here is a normal Christian household. We pass on to the next one. Who, who are these people who are looking at us? Okay, who knows? Well, truth be told, our house is a lot more colorful than our neighbors' houses, who all have, like, the traditional white um, icicle lights, and then we have, like, bright rainbow-colored lights. <laughs> Which used to be a lot more common, but now everybody just does the white rainbow, does the white icicles, uh-huh. and it's kind of boring. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like, like yes. the neighbors across the street are super nice, but like their house is really basic. It's 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 kind of yeah. fascinating at this point. Yeah, basic. <laughs> yeah, I miss the old multicolored lights. I don't know. I mean, it's it's quote tasteful unquote, but I don't know. It's like, I think the only thing that's still so. rainbow that you still might see, at least in yeah. terms of weird yeah. suburbs, is like these projection lights that they now have. That that yeah. that that like make... put lights all over the front of your house <laughs> those are still rainbow <laughs> yeah my friends got those oh i've seen much worse i've seen people with giant like electric rangers in their front yard and all kinds mm. of nonsense that glow all those things you know there's my my friend who i go to visit he always got a he's he's got some people in his neighborhood he calls one house the house that vomited <laughs> christmas because it's always got <laughs> It's just an absolute <laughs> nightmare of of, of uh, stuff, and it stays up till like February. Oh wow! Well, yeah, so, it takes a while would, for it to come well, down. I mean, <laughs> well, I would be work. It would be a lot of work to put it down. So I can't okay. blame him. That so, want to anyway. hear my billion dollar idea? No, it would take a work <laughs> okay, to get some done. <laughs> like some R and D was needed, but hear me out: biodegradable Christmas lights. Hmm. <laughs> yes. I think a no, lot no, of no. things but need you to be put them up, frankly. And that's it. Then you just wait for the, and, and then they... they come down on their own <laughs> when they naturally are yeah. de- biodegraded and dissolve away. So, well, so like are we gonna like for electric harvest the bioluminance from insects <laughs> yeah. to do this? Yeah, 
Yeah, just get tra- trap some uh, some uh, fireflies, and they'll just die in the cold naturally. It'll be great. Technically, they're not so much lights as genetically engineered jellyfish, but yeah, right. yes, exactly. <laughs> Nothing could possibly go wrong. There's there. Hey, there's a setup for a fifties B sci-fi movie, and it's so plausible because everyone would buy those, right? I'm just not sure how you can do that, and with like electric wires that like I think a half frayed electric wire is not really something you yeah. want <laughs> yeah. oh no I said it was anyway. a billion dollar idea not that it was sound or sane in any way make a billion dollars and lose a no, billion no, no. dollars this is a movie pass anyway. situation we get the money and then we run before the other shoe drops anyway let's talk about some, some uh, clickbait so where do we, we want to start because we got a pretty good array well, the Twilight uh, Twilight voted the worst movie of all time. Is uh, an yeah? Can we just say wrong or... and move on? <laughs> okay, wrong. Move on. <laughs> probably not even. As somebody was saying, probably not even the worst movie released in the second half no. of that year that yeah. came up. No, no. Like, like I like I was telling Ing before me and a mutual friend of ours. We actually snuck in to see this movie. We didn't pay for it. We we saw another movie and snuck in to see this one, and. It it wasn't a bad movie. It just wasn't a good movie, and and this is also coming from like the standpoint of neither of us had read any of the books, so we had no basis for what the plot was, other than what is like general, just like a general synopsis of it. So like, and so watching it was like you could tell they really tried to make it a good movie, and they just they just missed that mark. They just missed it. I have not seen the movie and I've not read the books, but I've heard the theory. Somebody suggested that it was a bit of a Starship Troopers low-key attempt of nope. parodying the book. No. 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 Like, no. okay, no? Oh, no, it is, right. it is slavishly, faithfully, like, beat-for-beat beat transcribed. I think that's part of the reason why is that they didn't look at the source material and go, okay, these are the things that don't work in the source material, and we should just ignore them while we make the movie. There's inherent things that are for some things that work and some don't, so you do have to tend to do some creative translation sometimes. And and I think that I think the first Twilight movie does that better than the first two movies for Harry Potter because they don't do that at all. <laughs> so I do think Twilight succeeded in that sense, but they didn't succeed in making a good movie. They just made a movie that wasn't bad. No, it really didn't translate. It like one for one translated a bunch of stuff up. To, oh, know, really? Okay. Yeah, and and a bunch of stuff. In, including in a bunch of ways where it's like that there's a whole separate language to cinema, a visual language there that all of the viewers understand, even if they're not, they can all understand it, even if they can't speak it. Right. Like, usually they're subliminally aware mostly because they've seen other movies most of the time. <laughs> yeah, I think we've talked about before that, like, technically everybody knows about the 180 rule, like, inherently, even if they don't know the term, the 180 rule. Right, but if you show it to them, then they'll un- then they'll understand. It's like, oh, that's what that means, and that's why this segment felt uncomfortable, and I didn't know why. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I, somebody was, uh, what I always struck me with uh, Harry Potter, which, uh, and I remember when Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings, the first Harry Potter and the first Lord of the Rings came out within yeah. of each other. And a lot of people commented the general sense was Lord of the Rings was way more successful because it made the changes it needed to to the medium. Harry Potter was very slavishly faithful yeah. to the book. And I, the one that really stuck out for me in Harry Potter was where he's there, they have to cross the, the different... Uh, uh, you know, obstacles in the climax yeah. to get to the final thing. And then they had to play a game of chess to get there. And it was like, that's not, even though they're live action pieces and they're like, it's all dramatic, it does not work to have Ron dramatically playing a chess game to get across like a, it just kills the momentum of that whole sequence. Yeah. Because they should have found something completely different for him. To Here's change. the thing. I, I get saw it. that as, yeah. also as a criticism in the book. Of basically them pointing out, right. unless you're really familiar with mm-hmm. the game or sport in question and can yeah. make a play-by-play of it seem really interesting, you want to avoid stuff like that sort of things being high stakes. Yeah. Because because if you can't, otherwise it gets to the point where it's like they played a game and he won. Like, thinking about it, the way it was in the book and the way they did to portray it in the movie is that they had to play a whole game of Wizard's Chest rather than, like, be given a preset board that has the the, the various figures in a certain position and they have to figure out, from this position, how do we win the game? Like, that would be a better way of translating that. <laughs> yeah, that's actually, yeah, that's good. And, yeah, because you can't stop the action to play by play a chess game but you can't just write and then he play chess and won like that you can, it's a hard thing to kind of i mean you could do it in theory but i get the feeling that jk rowling's not a big chess player anyway so she just sort of thought that was a cool thing to put especially in since like wizard's chess never comes up again in in any of the other books <laughs> like it's in the first book it does that bit and then it's never mentioned again <laughs> And although, well, you could argue that, uh, for instance, Allison, uh, Alice uh, Through the Looking Glass, the whole story is actually based on a chess problem, as you may or may not know. And the point, and if a pawn gets to the other end of the board, they become a queen, which is what Alice is trying to do in the story. So, you know, you can kind of do that to an extent. Um, that's a, a much better example of that, I think. Uh, another one that, not to, we're really off topic here. Because that never that happens. Always, another one that... Yeah, I know. We're usually so tightly focused in these. But the one one that always bugs me a bit is poker. Um, there's very... there's I mean, there are a few... I think Rounders was pretty... Not that I'm a big expert on poker or anything, but like the movie Maverick, which I generally mm-hmm. enjoy... Um, with with uh, uh, Mel Gibson, which is makes it thinking about it, I'm like, oh, well, I won't be able to enjoy that anymore. Uh, but um, it was the the big poker game at the end is, and then he magically pulls an ace and gets a royal flush, and it's just like it's the biggest Hollywood load of horseshit. There's a comic uh, by Kazu Kabayushi, the guy who did the Flight anthologies, called uh, Daisy Cutter with a K. It was kind of a steampunk western, and it opens. There's an early scene where she's playing poker, and it's really well done because it's not about oh she'll pull a royal flush and it'll be really dramatic it's like no she actually plays it smartly in a way that and it plays out with an interesting like twist where it's like i you know everyone was focused on the queen but i managed to get three twos or whatever like it's based on the river and like clearly 
he knew the rules of poker to write it that way in a way that was actually you know what yeah, also did uh, poker well for it being re- a sort of reoccurring motif? Mm-hmm. Star Trek: The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. Because yeah, but that's not about there. The no, it's itself, it's about the social though. dynamics yeah, instead. Right, but yeah. there are a few yeah. times when the game or the hands involved were important to the plot or tied into yeah. it somehow, and it was all it all. It, none of it stood out because it still was genuinely an actual round of poker. Right, exactly. Right, but it wasn't, but it's it's never about, like, the dramatic stakes are never based on who's going to win this round of poker, right? Like, that's, there's never a real stake in who's going to win. The closest one was again, when about... uh, Will Riker was playing against his double clone. And again, it didn't matter who won there. The whole point was, is that this is a person who, when he's doubled the first instinct of each double is to be as huge an asshole to the other as possible. <laughs> and to try to right. one-up exactly. and establish dominance over the other. Yeah. 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 But I'm just saying that when you portray a game like poker, and poker's a very cinematic game because it is, as you say, about the social dom- dynamics. But the, the other one is Casino Royale. I love Casino Royale, but the poker game in that is really stupid. And just like, it's the most simplistic baby plays poker version of that game, which is still kind of, and we will talk about this on my other podcast, by the way, because we're doing a James Bond episode. But um, it the, and the, it's actually even still better than the book because in the book it was Baccarat, which is 100% just it's a It's high of, card low card pure right? luck like it, I, I i'm not even sure but it's very much i played it before like, with with my family luck. it's a very strange game <laughs> yeah there's some like there's there's like there's a tiny bit of skill but not yeah. a lot and uh having it be changing it to poker made so much more sense because that is an actual game of skill so <laughs> you know in this one it was just like in the book it's just James Bond, I hope you're lucky enough to win. It's like, you're our best player. It's like, yeah, but it's such a lucky, <laughs> it's such a game of luck. And of course he gets lucky because he's the, he's the uh, star. Of yeah, the, he's, the he's fucking he's James Bond. Anyway. <laughs> right. So again, and that, which is now a thing for when, a writing again, advice, we'll if it fine. depends on someone getting absurdly lucky like that, you need to make it mm-hmm. that it was actually cutting and they cheated. Right. Yeah. We're all in agreement. Right. That, that has yeah. to be. Yeah. Well, the that's, thing that Lando had to have the ace up his sleeve. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny? You're saying that it's like, yeah, in that context, it makes total sense for the hero to cheat because who cares? They're trying to save lives or do, or whatever the stakes are. And yet, in the James Bond novels, there's actually a recurring motif of the bad guys cheat, but James Bond always plays fair, and it's always like, and literally, Isn't the he, plan like, what, at in least Casino one Royale that they're trying to bankrupt this guy. Yes, this is actually is. the and British intelligence and... plan. We're gonna uh, exploit this guy's gambling addiction to bankrupt him. Oh, great! Yep. So we're gonna be really cheating, and like everyone just suddenly turns into a pug and tilts their head. Arr? Yeah, yeah. It's but very... no, that oh, would be ungentlemanly. It's that's absolutely what it is. It's that idea of well, that's you know, I may be a violent misogynist, but I would never cheat at cards. And in fact, there's a character in the in Moonraker, Hugo Drax. He's he he gets he's actually this character who even James Bond uh, reveres and thinks is a great 
guy and everyone thinks he's a hero not knowing that he's a secret supervillain and the reason they start to get ca- catch on to him is that he's cheating at cards and that's what M says hey check this guy out why is he cheating at cards which to be fair is like well he's rich why would he have to cheat at cards but that's the whole that's a sign there's something wrong with this guy is it he like we're back cards. in ancient Athens into which it's presumed that your yeah. luck was the favor from the gods and thus you're of low virtue with bad <laughs> yeah. luck yeah, pretty much. That would definitely tie into the general theme of James Bond in general, for sure. Anyway, but yeah, no, it's just in terms of dramatizing, you know, games, it can be tricky for sure. Only temporarily related, but uh, if you've ever read the culture novels, yes. do you know about those? Um, I've read, read a few and didn't like one, though I liked a lot of the ideas and really liked another. Yeah, there's there's a there's one of them is called the, literally the player of games, and uh, the big game that they're and again it's they're playing for the stakes. Like uh, there's a society that bases everything on who can win this giant epic game every 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 decade or whatever. And for all intents and purposes, you, your social standing is reflected by how well you do in the game. So they literally send this the the heroes of the culture who are eventually you know the star trek federation send someone to go down and play the game in order to sort of reform the society because it's a very cruel unjust society but if they can send one of their guys to win he can like help reform the society uh but the game is play one of the things that's done is you play the game on a play on an environment that's somehow deteriorating or just being destroyed so you have to like they literally play it on a planet where like a wildfire is burning across the planet and part of the game is how long you can stay in before running for the exits basically like that is literally one of the the part of the stakes is like whoever can sit there the longest before uh you know and if you stay in too long you are going to die because the wildfire is going to sweep in but if you're if you have just enough nerve to stay longer than anyone else you you know you that's not the only thing to the game but that's you know that ends the game and you if you're up when that happens then you win the game so that was kind of a cool idea as well anyway so but that's a good way to make the stakes (laughs) significant for a game basically in a in a story anyway yeah, it's they're cool books. They're they're pretty cool. There's some. I feel like there's they're a reaction to Star Trek in some ways because it's kind of a, it's also a utopian sort of future star-spanning society where people are nice. Everyone is trans, basically. Okay. <laughs> and uh, the hero of the the hero of a player the player of games is considered a weirdo because he's never changed his gender. Everyone else goes through gender change okay. at some point. Okay, interesting. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's everyone has drugs, like, implanted in their bloodstream so they can get high whenever hmm. they feel like it. Uh, there's all kinds of, like, weird there's stuff like that. There's a ton of anyway, high-concept really cool. uh, transhumanism and futurism in it. Yeah, yeah. It's a neat series. Interesting. Anyway, let's move on to another, uh, another bit of clickbait. Uh, maybe you guys can explain, which I didn't even attempt to make sense of. Uh, Avi, you you put this one about Alfonso Riviero sues Fortnite over the Carlton. Yeah, dance. finally a good reason to be mad about Fortnite dances. <laughs> okay, so Fortnite is in it's an online multiplayer game, and depending on which mode you play in, will depend on what you do. The main mode that most people Uh play in is the Battle Royale mode, uh, which is where a hundred players basically drop into the same place and they basically all have to take each other out and be the last one standing. Um, They have to Hunger Games each other. 
They have to do it on a planet where a wildfire is raging. I mean, you say that, but I believe the game does have a shrinking map, so yeah, that's actually a good good analogy. There there are other aspects (laughs) to it, including a building aspect, a crafting aspect, because this game was actually created in the midst of the Minecraft craze, so they basically wanted to build something that was similar to Minecraft, but different. <laughs> so so the original game that the game is based off of is much more crafting-influenced, and then they did this boy- mm-hmm. Battle Royale mode just as a side thing for free, and that's basically what everybody plays now. The way they earn most of their money for okay. the game is through mostly cosmetic things, so you can customize your character, basically, and one of uh. the things you can do is... Do a dance emote. <laughs> and so they have various dances that they've graphed on, so that way you can make your character dance. Uh, I believe there is a specific okay. Fortnite original one that you'll see all of the kids do, and that's what the the older folks are making fun of the kids for, and it's just kind of like, we had the caramel dance, and we have no right to judge any of that. <laughs> <laughs> the Macarena was done at weddings. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the house. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's so it's like Six. let the kids do their dumb Fortnite dance. It's actually a pretty complicated dance to do. In in so it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> oh, and apparently it also featured Thanos at one point. So there's there's a gif of Thanos yeah. dabbing, which none of you have to see oh, unless there you is it. <laughs> also a great gif of Thanos twerking. <laughs> Please don't post that. But in any case, so one of the things you can do is do dance emotes, and then they have a variety of dance emotes, and apparently they decided to add one that is the Carlton dance. And so if you've ever watched the Fresh Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, you know that Carlton has a very specific dance he does, and it's very goofy, and... And it is iconic. <laughs> it is extremely iconic. Um, and so they included it in this game, and they were called, and it's apparently called Fresh. <laughs> so here's where it gets interesting. Dance steps are, by U.S. law, legally copyrightable material. Okay. Yep. Right, and Fortnite has been getting some trouble because a lot of their dances are based on pop culture things that they apparently did not realize that you kind (laughs) of do actually have to get permission to use some of those. Yeah. Because, yes, this very much can be copyrighted material. Like, a lot of Michael Jackson's dance steps were actually copyrighted to Michael Jackson. Right. As, okay. yeah, effectively right. as trade secret exclusive, it's his proprietary in, uh, content and information. Right. Um, okay. I think right. uh, Ribeiro is in the process of copywriting it. So it's actually, yeah, he's in the co- process of copywriting it. Yeah. So it's not currently copywritten, but once it is, they basically can't do anything in, without paying dues to him. And, and according to the article, there's a rapper by the name of Two Millie who has also filed a lawsuit against Epic Games, who is the creator of Fortnite, for the same thing, where they also have an iconic dance that he created as an emote, and he's also in the process of copywriting his dance move. So, 
Well, that's see, that's interesting because you'd think copyright is basically just being able, like you you claim copyright and you've got it. I un- understood, and and you can prove, oh yeah, I created this. As long as you can prove you can create it, I think copyright is retroactive, which obviously yeah. he can because it was part exactly. of the TV show. Uh, you know, so <laughs> I don't understand like why there would be anything to it other than just saying, okay, I'm copywriting this. Boom, you're right. copyrighted. Now uh, but, the issue. Anyway, I, Hey there, here's a chance where we literally got to say to play devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. And it's actually original <laughs> intended meaning and context. Um, Fortnite uh-huh. is... We're arguing for the sainthood of Carlton on Fresh Prince Fortnite's <laughs> legal argument is largely going to be that he did not protect or defend the copyright mm-hmm. for so long mm. that it has entered the popular culture, and is effectively fair use. Ah. Right. Right. And Which you can I all, hate. And, I hate or the argument that it has become so ubiquitous that it is mm-hmm. impossible or unreasonable to expect it to be copywritten, as was the actual case filed against the person who had copywritten Happy Birthday to You. Right. Which, which oh, is which is why fine. various TV shows and movies, whenever there's a birthday, they don't sing. They did not sing that song. It's it's now currently in public domain, so it can be used now. But for so long, oh, yes, yes, now there, it is. There was indeed but, a court case that said, basically yeah. ruled that it was so ubiquitous that it cannot be copywritten. Interesting, because I knew that when I was a kid, that was one of the first things I heard was, yeah, you can't use Happy Birthday to You in a movie anymore because without paying royalties to these people from, like, the, the grandchildren of people who wrote the yeah. song in the 30s, which yes. is where it starts to get yeah. more ridiculous, obviously. I'm in favor of paying the creators for their creation, mm-hmm. obviously, but when it's the great-grandchildren of the creators and they haven't done anything and they're still raking in the royalties, that's where I start to go, okay, make it public domain. Right, right. yeah, then that's the whole thing when it comes to, yeah. like, gener- generational estates and stuff like that and and, and that whole mm-hmm. business. <laughs> so, and that's a whole yeah. thing for, for another time. But... This is also why yeah. uh, photo uh, Adobe very much does not want you to use Photoshop as a verb. Right. And why Band-Aid brand <laughs> adhesive bandages do not want you to refer to all adhesive bandages as Band-Aids. Also Velcro. Velcro uh-huh. does not want you to call <laughs> that Velcro. Yeah, <laughs> they want you to... <laughs> and Xerox, which actually won. Nobody calls it a Xerox. They call yeah. it or a, a copy cotton, machine, yes, yeah. That was actually yeah. a thing for a while. Which yes. ironically was yeah. possibly one of the worst victories they ever had because... It killed. It also killed their domination yeah. and brand right. recognition in right. the market. Yeah, and that's yeah. kind of the thing about exactly. trademark, because what we're actually talking about is trademark, is that in some senses uh, you do want to protect your trademark, but in other senses you actually kind of don't want to protect your trademark. This is this is part of the reason right. why um, the Vlogbrothers don't want to trademark or copyright DFTBA, don't forget to be awesome, is mm-hmm. because they have there's so much fan-made merchandise of DFTBA that they don't want to have to protect against all yeah. of that. But on the other hand, they also right. they also recognize that there are a lot of like big name brand companies that are also doing DFTBA for the money aspect. Right. So it's just kind of like if you want DFTBA and it's not coming from the Vlogbrothers directly, go into Etsy and buy it from them rather than going to like Walmart and buying a DFTBA yeah. thing. 
Well, that's why I've always found it silly when corporations get really hardcore about defending copyrights from like fans and little. It's like that is helping yeah. you. That's Except great advertising as established, for you. There's... You need to actually have the legal precedents that you have attempted to defend your copyright. Yeah. For right, such cases why, as again, like the Carlton dance. Right. Because it now can be right. used as a defense. Like that they, he, he never has. That quote he has. Right. right. That he never has defended it, or, and that it is, like, attempt to point to Which other is... places where it's been replicated and insist that, hey, this was allowed. Yeah. He's not. But I'm actually it. not sure if it but has it's... been replicated anywhere now that I think about it, because the first thing I yeah, think I, of is actually I, the I'm Overwatch dance emotes. Right. And they do have a, one that references the Fresh Prince, but they don't have the Carlton dance. They have they have a move that Will Smith did in a single episode. <laughs> I don't know if they contacted Will Smith if they could it's use it. <laughs> also, I think Will Smith's dance was a homage to another musician, I believe. Okay, okay. So, so it was, and it is uh, more of a generic dance step rather than the distinct one. And if right. you look, Overwatch does apparently either uses a uh, very generic. Or public domain traditional ones. Right. Or I think some that they actually have gotten permission from, such as the Voltron rap battle dance that D.Va does. <laughs> that they use for, for D.Va. Yes. Because <laughs> uh, the, the Will Smith dance is used for Junkrat, and I was surprised that they didn't use the Carlton dance for, for the other, for Roadhog. Yeah. Roadhog has a different one, but, and I was surprised that they didn't do that because they're a pair, but, like, seeing this, I now understand why that may have not have happened yeah. and they did something the else. Roadhog's so. thing is also the, uh, bring it around town sort of hula move. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> as an interesting Easter egg, there is a way that if you sync the two of them dancing upside the saw side by side, that the dancers uh-huh. sync up for them to high-five each other. Really? That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's really okay. cool. So, so in other words, well, Overwatch is doing their yeah. dance emotes the correct way, <laughs> and Epic Games is not really doing it the correct way, mostly because they're not asking the people who invented these dances if they can use This them, is also or... one that I would give a pass on malicious intent, because yeah, it is a fairly obscure thing that you wouldn't realize, and also in many other senses, doing a uh, dance or physical reference to somebody else would be accepted as a homage, parody, or fair use. The only thing I wonder is, is that I well, the way his uh, the way that the complaint reads is that Epic does their coding by taking still frames of the source material. So I'm wondering if they are actually coding this by overlaying the rig on top of the dance itself and doing it that way instead of like referencing it like like doing it side by side like if they're actually doing it on top i'm not a lawyer but i think that would be a damning thing against them yeah exactly because if they're actually doing it on top that that is much that is much more malicious than if they're doing it side by side because one is basically rotoscoping which is technically okay but it it's if you don't if you don't have permission from the original source to do that because you're not developing what you're rotoscoping off of, then it's definitely illegal. Because <laughs> I mean, they, going... they also mention Gungan style, that dance, the, the ride the pony dance. So if they did it that way, 
Gangnam style. Gangnam style is a whole I, other thing. It's Gangnam style. I said it correctly. <laughs> but in yeah. Oh, is it? It's Gangnam. Right, anyway, which is owned by the Korean musician Sai. Right, exactly. So if they right. did that one the way I said and they've done these other ones that way, then it is then it is actually extremely bad because they did not create the original source material. What? In Does other words, Fortnite if they didn't have a uh, Gangnam style dance that they said it, Epic, yeah, in, in the complaint, huh. it actually says, For example, upon information and belief, Epic coded Ride the Pony emote frame by frame from Gangnam Style dance made famous by Korean entertainer Psy. The Ride the Pony emote and Psy's dance are identical in every respect. Now, so in, that's so in, interesting because I had heard the rumor there that people had been asking for something like that in some of Blizzard, who does like Overwatch stuff that and the actual reply was is that you they is that Gungam style is copyrighted and that they cannot infringe on size trademark of it. Ah. Uh, so I I'm just yeah, I'm just that's uh, interesting it, to me cuz that was previously I think used as an explicit example of I'm trying to remember someone's if Fort- flavor if, you can't if, chomp. So there's two battle royale games. There's Fortnite, and then there's the other one that I can't remember right now. One of them is made Which by is a, Curry- a great sign for that game, huh? I know, I know. When if I see the name, I'll know what it is. Player like I'll know that's. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, but but one of them is owned by a Korean company. Mm. So if it's Epic Games, that's owned by a Korean company. That's probably why they were able to use size Gundam mm. style dance. So because they were probably able to ask him directly in order to use it. <laughs> but that's not necessarily the case for the Carlton dance and for the Millie Rock dance. So um, because the only way that they could technically get around this is if they, in fact, hired professional dancers to mimic the dances that they can then rotoscope off of. Yes. Like, if they can prove that's how they made these, <laughs> then that would make sense. But if the but if the people filing the lawsuit can prove, no, they actually did it over our footage instead of their own made footage. <laughs> and then they then, might still argue that that's transformative enough yeah, to be exactly. fair use, so... Right. This randomly yeah. became a legal podcast with no lawyers to provide actual expertise. I mean, I took two law classes, it's fine. <laughs> We should, we should be charging $200 an hour. I took business podcast. law and employment law. I totally know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Indeed. Okay, well, All let's right. move on then from the from the legal okay. jargon. I'm sure that's getting fair. Yeah, we down. need to switch tracks. We were yeah, briefly let, we'll... maybe almost educational for a moment. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about, yeah, about how hot dog one. is a taco. And tacos are sandwiches. So oh, ergo, okay. a hot well, dog actually, is a sandwich. It, it, End of story. <laughs> well, actually, Ing said he had a oh, bit okay. in one. Oh, well, you so can't introduce it as <laughs> this is just Ing being a bit. Okay. All right. Well, then yeah. cut that out. Never mind. Okay. So we'll talk about a hot dog being a taco. Uh, is a hot dog a taco? Am hot dog Well, let's taco? see. This is the title of the article. A hot dog is a taco. A steak is a salad. A Pop-Tart is a calzone. Let the ru- cube rule explain. <laughs> oh, my God. This person is, is, is saying that the hot dog is not a sandwich. <laughs> but tacos are sandwiches. You can't tell me otherwise. <laughs> a hot dog is a taco and a taco is a sandwich. End of story. <laughs> Ridiculous. That's like just a Twitter argument in, in web form. Uh, 
the Spider-Verse thing. Now, uh, um, we have to tread carefully here, both for viewers and myself, uh, because I have not seen I have not seen it yet. either. I've seen it. You're both going to love yeah. it. It is legit groundbreaking. That is what I have heard. Yeah, everyone's saying that. That is yeah. what I have heard. So, yeah, yeah. No. Okay, so I, I almost don't want to read the article. How spoiler no, is the article? I can get around any spoilers. Okay, so, well, summarize yes, it for us. Yes, please. Then. So I found it. This is from, since I said I would actually hit around, Screen Rant by Andrew Dice on the 16th saying, Yes, Spider-Verse old Peter is the true Spider-Man. And it makes an argument that via Easter eggs you can identify one of the men spider present in the movie as being from the 616 universe and thus the air quote true Spider-Man. This has also caused some contention because it's actually driven home in the movie quite often that no universe's incarnation of Spider-Man is any less valid or true than any other's. In right. fact, the phrase, anyone can be Spider-Man, is actually used kind of as a motto of the movie. Yeah. Okay, so basically what it sounds like is that the article is trying to say something about, oh, but which is the Spider-Man we know from the 616 universe, and which one is... And the article turned it into, well, it's the white guy who's the real Spider-Man. Yeah, now the article does point out, blah, 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 that it's not the true one, but saying that this is the 616 one, which has always been referred to as the true one. However, let me... First, some disclosures. Let me make it clear... This is a completely sort of bullshit nerd no prize argument that is co- <laughs> that is completely pointless yes. and the worst of pedantic. That said, if yes. we are going to go this way, I'm going to bring out all the guns to win the argument because when you fuck a goat, you might as well bust both nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh, put, God. my friend. Actually, sorry, before Ing, before you start, we should clarify. 616 is the number of the Marvel Universe that's supposed to be, quote, the in official the Marvel Universe. Yeah, uh, it, it's the mainline universe, it's, basically. They acknowledge that there are other universes, and I believe it was actually Alan Moore, of all people, even though he's barely mm-hmm. written for Marvel. But in one of his little stories, he had the mention that the Marvel Universe that we know is ranked as number 616 in the multiverse for people right. to keep track of those things. So 616 refers to the Marvel Universe as we know it. And when there's alternate universes, they're not right. 616. Okay. Okay. Continue now, what you were saying. Yes. Here's the it. Now, their argument is there that it identifies the Jake Johnson version of, of Spider-Man as his home dimension being 616. One of the the device that causes the whole intergalactic space wedgie uh, universes to overlap each other identifies his designation as 616. That's the crux okay. of the argument. Now, here's my argument for if we're going into huge fan, huge fan wank, why that's still wrong. Okay. One, there's no evidence that actually this Peter Parker lines up exactly with the comic continuity, which is fine. Right. Two, unless it is said by a watcher, the 616 designation is just somebody's count and not an actual objective context. 616 is the watcher and beings like that's 
ranking and numerical system for it. Now, in that these okay. p- this device was made by mortal people of science, Earthlings. Right. Now, would they designate their universe 821 or anything? No. Their universe is going to be universe 1, and then they will count from everyone right. out there. Or they it might is, use zero, right. and then right. the first one they find is one. That's the, the other point way they is, might do it. Right. The Collider just counted uh, Jake Johnson's universe as being 616 by their count. Right. Now, it okay. is a reference to the hmm. 616 universe in the comic to throw that number in there, even as an Easter egg, but it doesn't prove anything. Right. 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 Okay. Because That's I thought that I thought that right. the new Spider-Man video game that Peter is supposed to be this Peter, right? Or did I, I read that incorrectly? I cannot comment enough to know. Because I don't I, think cause, either. Because I know that it. they did they they did do something that links the video game Peter that just came out for the PlayStation Four to the continuity of Into the Spider Verse. So that video game and this movie are connected. But I don't know if it's specifically the Peter that is the Peter that we mostly see in the movie or not. That's the only thing. So, Yeah. Well, now at this point, there are multiple versions of 616. Right? Yeah. Like at this point, there's the video game. There's the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because the Marvel Cinematic Universe has never explicitly been called the 616 Universe. But I think we're supposed to no, think no, no. of it as it's the 616 Universe. It actually has some designation in one of the Marvel source books. Does it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Ones that okay. are slight. But all it... of the ones shown in any media are a different universe from each other. Okay. Yeah, that makes total sense. But have they ever acknowledged that in the movies themselves? I mean, I guess they haven't really done alternate universes. The movies, movies at all. besides this so... one, no. Yeah. Right. So essentially, yes, there's a Tobey Maguire Spider-Man universe, there's a Andrew Garfield, but really it was originally designated for, like, alternate universes that are really weird from each other, like, presumably all the ones in Spider-Verse, like, say, Spider-Ham, who well, I do pr- know well, technically, so that would be the universe where everyone's Spider-Gwen should also have her own universe, because her, her timeline is right. different, and, oh, and, then, yeah, yeah. and then obviously as a result of this movie, we know that Miles has a different timeline as well, so his is also different. Oh, right, the right. other... Yeah, Miles Morales has always been explicitly not 616, because he was born originally in the Ultimate Universe, which was done as sort of an attempt to do a new continuity yeah. for Or, as we have to say now, a Miles Morales was in the Ultimate Universe. Right. Right, because now we have a movie version of it as well. And I do like the idea that, you know, TV and movie spinoffs get their own universe and stuff. Right. That does make sense. But it it was originally meant to be, you know, oh yeah, this is a really weird universe where, like, you know, they wear hats on their hands and hamburgers eat Right. Like, that's, you know, it's not just slightly different Spider-Man. It's something radically different. No, but it it is now explicitly said that there's basically... Numerous ones, and the difference between them may be slight, but it's still there. So they are doing the trousers of time, then. Right. Okay. Right. Well, I'm I'm fascinated by this because DC is really the company that's known for created alternate universe, and they really went to town over the years with alternate universes, with like the Earth Three, which is where the bad guys are heroes and the heroes yeah. are villains, and you know. 
things like and the things like the Marvel, uh, the Marvel, uh, the Captain Marvel family would have their own universe, but then they also kind of crossed over and all these different alternate universes. But they're always like as wild and creative as possible. Marvel's alternate universe is just kind of built up because in a comic book universe you always yeah. have a multiverse. Um, but but they had um, you know like I know that there's one that they've referenced where apparently there was a I think all the what if Marvel comics yeah. that they did. Where it was like, what if this happened? Each of those yep. has its own universe, yep. literally, in yep. Marvel continuity. So, and there's and there's definitely one which I know from the uh, Dan Slott's run on She-Hulk. That was actually the time when I was most into Marvel continuity was when I was reading that. And he mentioned that the the universe where there's only one superhero in the entire universe, and it's Reed Richards, but he beca- he got Ben Grimm's powers uh, via. Oh that. my god! So, that's but he's but no one else in that universe has superpowers, and they but they all discovered that if they came to visit. Uh, the 616 universe, they would become like that superhero, oh. basically. So people were saying, I could I could buy a vacation in the Marvel 616, and he was using that to explain all the continuity errors of Marvel over the years, that there would be alternate reality versions va- from other universes vacationing. In 616, in and that's why 616 is so it's... weird. <laughs> And, yeah, that's why if there's a problem with the continuity, it's because it's one of these ultra-dimensional <laughs> visitors who came over. For, I mean, you know, I feel like there's fun. worse ways to explain that. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. The original <laughs> Marvel Letters to the Editor line used to have a concept called the No Prize, to which they basically okay. said that mistakes are going to happen, but if a fan can come up with a justification for them, oh, it will be highlighted in the forum and be awarded the no prize okay (laughs) why is it called the no prize (laughs) because it's technically no prize oh because it's stan lee's style of humor of his being like oh great thanks yeah it's like uh also kind of well i think it's more good-hearted that it's like this isn't a problem that needed solving but good job but thanks. Yeah. Ha! Yeah. I wasn't aware was, this was a mystery was a that needed unraveling, but you solved it. <sighs> right. It, well, it became sort of a, oh, you wacky... It, like, it was a raspberry that became an affectionate, and then literally yeah. a badge yeah. of honor, uh, that if you got a, a no prize, okay. basically. So, you know, it's it's the whole mad... Marvel, in the back in the 60s, had kind of a mad magazine <laughs> concept right. to it, in a way that it, you wouldn't recognize as much anymore, but Stan always definitely took it not seriously mm-hmm. at all. And it had that same sort of, sort of borscht belt humor to everything. Well, that's Marvel also probably that, why he works so well as an editor, so... <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So yeah. there's also that. Yes, I I want to point out something. Vampiric Yoda pointed out that there's in the in the chat that uh, uh, fifty two DC famously now has fifty two universes. They made a yeah. big thing out of that. But one thing that was actually mentioned in I believe Multiversity by oh, Grant God. Morrison, <laughs> which is the idea, which of course, uh, and as always, he always comes up with the best solutions to things. But he pointed out that. Uh, what he did was acknowledge that there's more than one multiverse. So he introduced the concept of multiverse <sighs> two, not just Earth two, but multiverse two. So you can actually have more than fifty two universes in the DC universe. Anyway, and well, that man metal. I don't also think anyone introduced the concept of the dark multiverse, <sighs> which is right. made up right, of exactly, bad yeah. timelines that should not <laughs> exist because the events that cause them are so far fetched as to be statistical impossibilities. So they okay. are universes that should yes. have collapsed upon themselves 
but didn't. Due to incoherence, uh, but are right. being kept alive due to basically demonic activity. Which is okay, how but... you have a universe how... where yeah. somehow Batman became the Joker. Right. Huh. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah, I haven't read Metal. I've gotten heard very wide wide variety of things about metal. Some people seem to think it's good. Some people think seem to think it's terrible. See, this is I the reason know, why people don't want to get into comics. Because <laughs> there's just there's just so much, and there's and it's impossible to re- read it. <laughs> well, that's why I always go back to that's what's crazy about Spider Verse to me. It's like. If DC in the 80s got rid of their multiverse because they thought it would be too confusing for new viewers and people wouldn't get into it and it would, you know, so they had to collapse yep. it down to one universe and get rid of it. Oh, right, that was Crisis, and right? Now we have a major <laughs> Crisis on Infinite Earths which became, they got rid of their multiverse which they did eventually bring back because it was yeah. a good idea. I don't think it was that complex and hard to understand. We now have a movie in theaters, which is a, the number one movie in theaters, is about mm-hmm. the concept of a multiverse in parallel realities and everyone yeah. loves it and it's basically exactly what dc said no we can't do this anymore because it's too com- too confusing <laughs> and they, it's now the source of like now everyone's going to be into multiple realities so comics were like way ahead of the curve and they decided oh, oh yeah we're too nerdy and, and let me tell you there were real they young kids at the showing i went to and they mm-hmm. were all following yeah. it of course they were yeah, yeah it's, it's not, not that, that hard. hard and uh, so one of my favorite cartoons from like the mm, early well the 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 late latter half of or the early 2000s is Phineas and Ferb and and part of the reason why it was so hard for the creators of that show to get that show made is because they were constantly told by executives this show is too complicated you have too many storylines going on at once in a 15 minute episode they were told that constantly and then they did finally get their show made and they had so many kids who loved the fact that there were multiple storylines within an episode so it's just so it's just kind of like you need to give kids a little bit more credit. <laughs> there was a I, someone I I, I I I can't remember who said it, but it was a writer um, who said, "Yeah, I like to." I think it was Terry yeah. Pratchett actually. He said, uh, "You know, I like to make it simple enough for the adults, but complicated enough yep. for the children to yep. understand." Uh, <laughs> that was a joke. But the, and then the other thing about um, uh, the multiverse, I I realized. Crisis on Infinite Earths, which was a big DC event where they collapsed all the universes into one universe to make it, quote, simpler. And that actually created much more confusing and nonsensical yeah. stuff than just keeping the multiverse. For instance, characters like Power Girl, who people liked, suddenly her backstory had to change because the whole idea was she was Supergirl from an alternate yeah. reality who just adopted a different super... So now you have Supergirl and Power Girl yeah. hanging out. So what do you do with Power Girl? And they, and they changed her origin like 15 times and nobody can make and then meanwhile, and then meanwhile, when the new Fifty Two happened, they kill off Donna Troy because they said, "Oh, Donna Troy's backstory is so convoluted and complex because there's like fifteen right. million of them, so we're just going to get rid of her character." <laughs> uh-huh. So it's it's just kind of like, or yeah. you could just keep everything the same and just make it easier for the people who exactly. want to get into it to know where exactly they yep. should be getting into it. Yeah, like. That's what it is. Yeah, just don't, if it's something, because there are a few bits that are really weird mm-hmm. and convoluted, but just don't get into them. Just leave them aside. And now we've got, like, the DC, the CW uh, DC universe, which has multiple universe, characters crossing over from multiple yeah. universes. And, you know, it, it's, like, it's not that hard to follow if you just don't keep adding, like, f- quote, Right, exactly. Because I think in Arrowverse, um, 
Green Arrow, Flash, and I think Arrow Black Lightning are all within the same universe, and it's only Supergirl who is in a different mm-hmm. continuity. No, actually, I think Black Lightning... No, they met, in Black Lightning, Lightning they Supergirl. mentioned the fact that those two other cities have superheroes. Because I oh, have okay. watched some of the first I, season, I Super- so they do actually mention yeah. those two other cities by name and say that these two other cities have heroes, and those heroes are complimented and, and rewarded, and so why is Black Lightning treated like a villain? <laughs> they made a joke and everything about the complexity of that, Yeah, but also by how we're talking... Mm-hmm. And how much we can just talk about it and have fun oh, yeah. talking about it, and of what I saw from the kids yeah. in the theater, this mm-hmm. sort of thing actually really captures people and children's imaginations because right. so much I heard from the kids going with their parents was because a lot of them came with parents who were fans of Spider-Man to begin with. Apparently, I'm getting from the context clues is wanting to know more about characters that they saw there. Right. Which makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Which gives that, yeah, the comics really undersold people that it's like, if something catches the interest, they then do want kind of like almost the treasure hunting aspect of finding out more stuff about that character. Right. And and thankfully, if it's Miles, Miles has a clear starting off point. Yeah. So it wouldn't be that hard to get into Miles. Uh, I I could list (laughs) some that I heard some kids asking about because it really, like, captured them, but it might be spoilery. Yeah. Yeah, don't spoil. But I I know that Marvel is definitely missing a bit if they don't put the Spider-Ham comics back into... uh, Oh, yeah. Let me just say one of the other things. Like, I mentioned that uh, Spider-Verse breaks a ton of rules of what you're not supposed to do with these sort of movies, Uh and one of them is, is that they let the setting just be a superhero setting. Oh, okay. Yeah, and elements and characters of it will be things that will be readily recognizable by comics fans, but to non-fans, they are just very neat, exotic things establishing this world. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, that's what drives me crazy. With superhero media, they always go, oh, we've got to start from scratch and start from our world and then slowly build up a superhero character. It's like, no, you can just throw them into a crazy superhero universe. People get it. They've always got it. Most superhero media didn't even bother. Like, Batman 66 does not bother to explain the origin of Batman. I mean, there's like a throwaway line in the first episode about why he's Batman. Uh, You know, Spider-Man cartoons, I don't think they ever did an episode, maybe they did the pilot. It's not the pilot, but but it's... Okay, I only list it because in the 90s Spider-Man thing, the framing Mm -hmm. way that they did it is very neat Mm -hmm. in that it is actually Peter Parker recounting the story to an orphan that he got a fan letter from Spider-Man about. Oh, okay. Okay. Because, I mean, technically the opening sequence kind of shows it. Right. (laughs) Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> right, you can, you can always, with a superhero, flash back to their origin. You do not need to start well, with right. their origin. Unless and to bring up Tom like, Holland again, that's Spider-Man... kind of the reason why they some people like his, because they aren't doing that with him, for obvious reason, because we've yeah. literally had two sets yeah, of he... Spider-Man movies that have done it, exactly. <laughs> so we don't need another one. Yeah, we've seen <laughs> that. And Spider-Man has probably the best origin of any superhero that makes a good story in and of itself, and we still don't need to see it 300 times, just 
Quest was super bad. Not he to also give any spoilers to Spider-Verse, but they do a very fun thing with how to do the origin of Spider-Man. Really? Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, let's... Okay, let's move on. I'm going to see it this weekend, and yeah. it will be fun, and it's great. So let's let's leave that before we get into spoiler stuff for me and for anyone who hasn't seen it. So uh, let's do let's jump to the last one, which has got to be uh, uh, Jack Dorsey and Azalea Banks. Well, actually, uh, before we get amazing. into that, yeah. I have an important mm. announcement. Yes. Um, we are, of okay. course, now up with our proper RSS feed. Yes. Yep. So yes. and. As we are now a podcast that's available on podcast networks, we naturally now have paid sponsorship. Yay! So, to <laughs> allow me to just read out that um, this week's Destroy All Clickbait is sponsored by Masper Caskets. Masper Casket, the most comfortable, foam-filled memory coffins available. How many times have you thought, sure, I'd love to die, but these dang-ass pine boxes look so uncomfortable? What if I wake up still alive and now not only am I buried in my grave, but it's real lumpy? Worry no more. With Masper Casket's new 30-day trial period, they'll ship you a coffin straight to you, and if you're not satisfied in any way, you can send it back risk-free. That's Masper Caskets. Don't just rest in peace, rest in comfort. Oh my god. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Uh. <laughs> Dying was painful, but eternity doesn't have to be. Uh, all right. All right. So the crazy news story that just came out in the last yeah. day or two, which has been all over Twitter, and of course you've no doubt heard about it, uh, which is this utterly bewildering headline that I still and you know what they've they've <laughs> I've read the article. I still don't. There are still so many questions I have about this, which is that Jack Dorsey. <laughs> And this headline just gets weirder and weirder. Jack Dorsey, who is the CEO and of Twitter... And who looks like a Muppet uh, version of himself. Yeah! <laughs> Somehow, yes, that is true, he sent an envelope of his beard hair, already weird, to Azalea Banks, even weirder, so she could craft an amulet to protect him from ISIS. How do you know now, that this amulet works? Well, I ask you, do you see any ISIS around? <laughs> Do you see ISIS? No. <laughs> yeah. It's the tiger, the rock that protects you from tigers and the amulet that protects you from ISIS. That's very true. Now, my first question, there are many avenues in which you would ask questions about this. Uh, my first question would be, why Azalea Banks specifically? Is she... I don't know much about her. Well, Is she known well, for Well, Adam, because witchcraft? sending it to Tyler Swift would just be absurd. <laughs> well, truth be told, Taylor Swift isn't even a rapper, so it's like... You have to send it to a rapper, apparently. <laughs> it's not the rap aspect of this. Look, well, I, think if, I think if rappers had the inherent power to make protection amulets, we would still have Tupac and Biggie. That's true. I would. I was gonna say if you're gonna send it to anybody, I would send it to. I would send it to Beyonce. <laughs> that we that we know of that they're dead. Maybe they maybe they used an amulet to fake their. Death. That way they can earn the money uh, but... on the royalties after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, see if you're gonna say if you're gonna send an amulet to a pop star. Uh, to do a magic amulet for you. Like, wouldn't it be someone like, I don't know, the lady from Churches? Or, like, uh, 
Maybe Janelle Monet. Oh I, yeah, I yeah. No, she would be Canada. good. That it would be Janelle like Monet or Beyonce. Yeah. Nobody else. Or oh, uh, oh fuck, Stevie Nicks. <laughs> yeah, Stevie, Stevie Nicks. Nicks is a good one. There are a number of the, see. There are a number of people I would trust with magic amulets who are pop stars. Absolutely. If we're talking about non do non female non rappers, there's people like Nick Cave and uh, I don't know. There's a, there's a number of people who weird I would Al would have. <laughs> well, maybe, but I don't think it would work I very produced well. this juju uh, bag for you. The guy. <laughs> and Vivi oh, Yoda in chat oh, says he what? would do it with Snoop. He, 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 <laughs> he it to Snoop. Okay, stop. <laughs> I want to see that episode of Snoop Dogg and Martha, where they both have to make protection amulets from hair, from each other's hair. <laughs> Adorable. Martha would make the best amulet, but Snoop's would have the most yeah. power in it. Clearly. Yes. I don't I don't trust Martha see, Martha is a black magician and Snoop is a is a white magician. So he does the he, he has the he he does only good in the world. But she well what I would suspect is that the Martha amulet yeah. would ensure that you would always have a good dinner party. <laughs> Would it, though? I don't know if I... I've never trusted that, Martha. No, no, that's why it's specifically, you would always make sure your dinner party was a success. (laughs) Specifically your dinner party. Everything else can go to shit, but your dinner party. Successful. (laughs) So it's useless against ice. It will help you... It would help you arrange flowers to protect your... Apparently! Banks said that... Wait, wait, wait. Banks said that Jack Dorsey promised to promote her mixtape, Slazy, in exchange for her promoting his cash transfer app, Square, and for her crafting him a magical object that might protect him from ISIS, which had threatened him in a video earlier that year. (laughs) Yeah, so... Uh, this apparently that's real that ISIS threatened Jack Dorsey, which I guess sort of makes sense in that he's a wealthy and powerful guy. I don't know why they focus him. Like we, I feel like we only started learning about Jack Dorsey because Twitter degenerated into a Nazi hellscape, and everyone started. And he would do nothing him. about <laughs> it unless about like somebody insulted Ex- him directly. <laughs> no, no, no. He intervened exactly. in a few cases to protect Nazis. Yeah, that's true. And but that was the only reason I'd even heard of Jack Dorsey. Like I'd never, I didn't know who was in charge of Twitter until that thing started. Oh wait, um, Uh, he's not like Elon. Have to clarify the article, at least the one we're going off of, is Spin dot com, written by Toasting Burks. Oh yes, yeah. Um, and then the source is Vanity Fair's Nick Bilton, who actually. Uh, who actually dropped it in in a weird bombshell. Now, Azalea uh, Banks was right. also the one who apparently was flown out to Elon Musk's mansion to do something with, to spend some time with yes, him and Grimes, Grimes, and then found it abandoned. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. right. Well, that at and least her just sense. left there. Because... I- like, to wander the halls. Yeah. Like, the protagonist <laughs> in a gothic novel. Yeah. Right? With Which just a note instructing her Grimes. that she may go and use all the rooms, but not open the blue door. 
<laughs> the one. At the yeah, end and that—that that was the like... reason why Azalea Banks stopped liking Grimes because they pulled that weird shit on her. <laughs> Elon Musk can't be expected to keep track of all of his mansions and which pop stars are in which. Come on, people, be reasonable. I know that I've often had. Hear me out, and I think know, this can explain why this definitely would cause a rift between Banks and Grimes. Imagine okay. someone like Elon Musk invites you out to, I believe it's a private island. Okay. You go there into a mansion, okay. and no one's there. And it's completely empty. <laughs> <laughs> is your first thought not that this is a dangerous game situation? That you have been brought out here to either be put through some sort of arcade from X-Men-esque death trap house, or to be hunted for the sport? And mind you, Azalea Bla Banks is black, and Elon Musk and Grimes yeah. aren't. <laughs> I don't know what they Elon are specifically. Elon Musk is literally a South African diamond mogul heir, so... Exactly. Yeah, so it's uh... just kind of like, well, yeah, you don't do that shit. <laughs> this is the start of an Eli well, Roth movie. <laughs> yeah. To, to be f yeah, there's a recording that drops down and a voice says, uh, and she's with like 10 other pop stars and they're all told, found guilty Holy and fuck. in thematically Adam, appropriate ways. We said this as joke. <laughs> this would be a great fucking plot for a movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Agatha Christie already did it, technically speaking. But, but, yeah, but you specifically had the pop, the, the pop with pop stars? stars? Yeah. Specifically female <laughs> <Yeah>. pop stars. <laughs> And celebrities, yeah. Who exactly. aren't white. Somebody... Specifically, female yeah. pop stars and celebrities who are not white. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's all about... And they're all invited the by their quote-unquote and... friend who is white. <laughs> well, that is the... Yeah. To be, sure. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, I'm not 100% clear that... It says Grimes wasn't there. It doesn't say Elon Musk wasn't there. Maybe she was hanging with Elon no, Musk. No, because I'm pretty I'm sure he wasn't article. there. Because she didn't say anything about oh him being God. there. She kind of made it sound like she was literally just sitting around awkwardly left waiting. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, if you have to be somewhere, Elon Musk's house is really not a bad place to be uh, waiting around. I'd crash at Elon Musk's house. Believe me, I wouldn't say no to that. But she's got. I would specifically sure at, so for the reason we just said, Adam. Have you not been paying attention? <laughs> Not to mention, it's it's a mansion, which means it's fucking huge. That's a lot worse than being in, like, a tiny-ass apartment. <laughs> they were there the whole time. They just never found each other. They were wandering through the entire labyrinth. Again, this has turned into a Jane Austen novel. For three days, and nobody could find the kitchen <laughs> to eat. Yeah. And thus they starved to death. Yeah. And they, and even yeah, though there's yeah. like three Somebody... kitchens in this giant mansion because reasons. <laughs> yeah, Vanilla Ice stumbles out with like beard. He's like, "What year is it outside? I haven't seen the sunlight in days." <laughs> My God, she just goes to uh, use the bathroom, me? and there's Biggie Smalls as the bathroom valet there. <laughs> yeah, while exactly. you've always been the caretaker, ma'am. <laughs> And this is all sounding disturbingly plausible because it is. Yeah, he's like his new his new his his latest invention will be powered by the soul his latest of invention, the Overlook Hotel. <laughs> exactly, he saw Ready Player One a few too many times, and he decided that was going to be 
the basis for his new uh, his new Hell Hellraiser esque device that traps celebrities and harnesses their power. And it's to be fair, it's a sustainable form of uh, energy production. So hey, maybe maybe it's worth it. The trade off there. Anyway, okay, I think we may need to wrap this up. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I did want to uh, mention that we do have Yay! a website that we and as as long well as RSS feed as. Uh, was mentioned earlier by Ing. It's at destroy dash all dash clickbait dot pinecast as in the tree dot co. So you can go there and you can see all of our all of different uh, uh, shows are archived. And we also have an RSS feed, which means you can get us on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. So we are all available on all the platforms Yay! now, uh, which is really, really cool, I think. Uh, so hopefully people will check that out, and please do check it out. You can subscribe to all of our Patreons. We'll provide the links, again, at that website. Uh, and if you go there, you, if you subscribe to our Patreons, you can hear this show early. Plus you get well, yeah, all kinds of extra cool stuff. Uh, any one of our three Patreons, but... Why not subscribe to all three of ours? Because we're all cool people and we like money. It tastes delicious. Uh, I want to thank, again, Jack Furick for the theme song. It is the holidays, so we'll say happy holidays. And uh, I'm sure there's going to be at least a week off in here uh, somewhere by the time this gets broadcast for the new year. Any other final business as we're wrapping up? Anyone want to mention anything? Anything to promote? No. <laughs> not yet. I should have something soon, though. Maybe the only thing I can mention is that maybe I'll Um, get over my seasonal depression, but we'll see. (laughs) So watch for Abby to get over her seasonal depression. Um, Yeah, that's one of the higher tier Patreon rewards. (laughs) Yeah, right. Give her a million dollars and she will get over her Actually, I might, because then I just wouldn't have as many chats. (laughs) Exactly. Um... And just, oh yes, and a reminder that we do try to bro- uh, broadcast live on Twitch on Tuesdays uh, around 6 or 6.30, so follow us on Twitter at Prankster36, Aviviave, and uh, Ingdammit. One of the three of us will always be putting up uh, the links to everything relevant as well as the new podcast. So uh, from everyone here in the digital underground, have a as happy as possible 2018 as, we, as it fades into the uh, new year, and hopefully Blade Runner year 2019 will be better for all of us. Maybe. Take care, dodge that clickbait, and we'll see you next Bye. time, guys. And Bye-bye. again, remember, Masper Caskets. <laughs> Masper Caskets. People are oh, dying okay. to use them. <laughs> uh, happy holidays, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>